Joining me right now uh, as we take another dive into the fantasy baseball world is a key contributor for Fantasy Alarm. You've heard Howard Bender on the show. This is one of his key uh, staff writers, and that is Matthew Zells. Matt, how are you? I am good this morning. How are things in Lincoln, Nebraska? Uh, they appear to be sunny. I'm not sure how cold. I haven't been outside yet. Probably pretty chilly, though, because it's, well, early March in Nebraska. All right. Well, we appreciate your coming on the show and being will- being willing to take a little bit of a deep dive into uh, the topic of prospects. You wrote something which I'm having a hard time. Here it is, the risk of depending on rookies. This is in the Jim Bowden uh, section. This is written by you. 2019 MLB Draft Guide, The Risk of Depending on Rookies. I was absolutely stunned uh, at looking at the numbers you compiled, and I don't know, maybe you write this same column every year and just change what the body of it is to meet what the preceding year was like. But, boy, if you overemphasize getting rookies, um, you could be barking up the wrong tree, couldn't you? Uh, Yeah, I've written it. This is the second year that I've written it. Um, I do simply just shift the numbers down a year and then compile the numbers for the previous class of rookies. Um, And, you know, some last year there was a little bit of a different take. This year, you know, the take is that depending on them is pretty much a major crapshoot. Yes, there are the headline-grabbing rookies on, on, you know, both hitting and pitching in – you know, especially Walker Bueller for for pitchers, and then you have guys like Ronald Acuna and Glaber Torres and Miguel Andujar and Juan Soto, um, who all highlight the hitting side of things. But what people don't realize is there was like 75 rookie hitters that came up, and those are the only four that anybody knows. So you're talking about a success rate of less than 10%. It's pretty hard to bank on those guys. I mean, you, uh, you you wrote down the – you put a chart together here, and it's got the past six years. But last year, the average – now, this includes – right? This Does this include Acuna's numbers and Andohar and Torres? Yeah. It, including those guys, the average number of at-bats by a rookie last year was 221. The runs scored 28. The home runs 7. The RBIs 27. The stolen bases 3. And the batting average two fifty one. Now again, as you point out, there are outliers there, but those are pretty mind blowing numbers. That most of the time with a rookie, it's a real crapshoot. Yeah, and uh, if you go a little further, there's a comparison between twenty eighteen rookies and qualified hitters. And a qualified hitter. Define a qualified hitter for our audience and for me. So. Qualified hitters using MLB.com's definition is a player has to accumulate 3.1 at-bats per team game played. Right. So if a team plays 162 games in the season, multiply that number by 3.1, you get somewhere around, what, about 550, Mm -hmm. 500 at-bats? Yep. Somewhere in there. Um, That defines a qualified hitter. So there were 140 qualified hitters last year and this includes those four guys that that i mentioned in in acuna and 
Soto and Torres and Andujar. The average uh, for qualified hitters was 538 at-bats, 21 homers, 77 runs, 73 RBIs, 10 steals, and a 266 average. Right. So a rookie is giving you roughly a third of all of those stats. Right. And a lower batting average compared to 266 to 251. And if you go on base percentage, because a lot of us play in on base leagues, qualified hitter average a 339 on base and a rookie average is a 316. 316. Those are huge differences. You know, I always seem to, and I am a sad, I'm a sort of a sad sack fantasy baseball player. I mean, I think if you talk to me, you'll say, boy, that guy knows baseball pretty well. But routinely, my teams seem to have both bad luck and bad timing. And by that, I'm looking at Chance Cisco. He's got four home runs in four games in the pre- in the exhibition season. I drafted him for $6 last year as a rookie, and I got the performance I got from him last year. Somebody will probably get him this year for 8 or $9, but probably the second year in, the pressure's off a little bit in some ways. Um, it's really hard to time when to, to take a guy that you've had your eye on for a while and say, boy, this guy can hit. There's a uh, question, yeah, there's a question I mean, in there somewhere. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I didn't hear the... Uh, there, I said there was question. a question in there somewhere. It was more of a statement, but I seem to always have trouble timing when is the right time to get a young hitter. Yeah, I have that problem, too. Uh, last year, I drafted a couple of guys that I thought would have big years because they all of a sudden got playing time, and now they get to show off the skills they had shown in the minors, and so I got them, and then they fell flat. So, you know, Chan Cisco is a great example because he's been a top Orioles prospect for, seems like, three or four years yeah. now. Um, he was the heir apparent to Matt Wieters, and his bat just hasn't come around yet. There's still chance, and, you know, there's still to play on his first name, a chance that it comes around. Um, but he's having a little bit of trouble showing that. Now, I don't know who he hit the home runs off of in spring yeah, training so that, far. That's always, he, yeah, that's always a lot <clears throat> um, It could be he's hitting them off of triple-A guys. But, you know, he's in a pretty good ballpark, so he should have a bat that plays there. So so I understand now pretty clearly the difference between qualified hitters and rookies. Uh, You're a little younger than I am, a good bit younger than I am, and there used to be an old expression about somebody having the sophomore jinx. Now, that was somebody that who had had a, a terrific year right out of the gate, that reduplicating or duplicating that uh, was sometimes tougher. A guy like Andujar, Torres, are there studies like this as to what the regression could be? Uh, Because I guess you get to the point if Torres and Andujar and Acuna are truly future Hall of Famers, they'll probably miss that regression. But if they're just good major league players, there's a good chance that they could drop significantly this year, isn't there? Yeah, so the sophomore slump or sophomore jinx is a thing. It does exist. 
It hasn't been made up. There's years and years and years of evidence that guys in their second year don't typically perform nearly as well as they did when they first came up. Now, a couple of things with this. One, when they first come up, they want to prove something because they're getting the call to the big leagues, which every kid dreams about, and they want to, you know, show what they can do. And secondly, nobody has tape on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's tape in the upper levels of the minor leagues, but it's really hard to judge what they can and can't do from that tape because the pitchers aren't throwing breaking stuff like they do in the majors, and they're not even throwing fastballs like they do in the majors. So it's kind of hard to tell exactly where the holes in their swings are. But by the time they get to the second year, everybody in the major leagues has seen them. There's tape on exactly what they do, and pitchers can adjust. And then it's up to the hitters to adjust off the pitchers. That's why it's called a game of adjustment. Mm-hmm. But guys with very good hit tools, and again, not to harp on these four guys, but they're the ones that have this hit tool, Acuna and uh, Soto and Andujar and Torres, they have very good hit tools. And they've done basically the same thing every year in the minor leagues. Now they've carried that to the major leagues. Those guys, I do not expect to see regression mm-hmm. from. In fact, Cunha may actually put up a better year this year than he did last year. If you look at what he was pacing in the second half after he came back from that injury in the All-Star break, he was on pace for a 300 season, 100 RBI, 100 run, 40 homer and 30 steal season. Now, is he going to do that? Probably not. But I think his overall season will be a better year than it was last year that saw him win the NL Rookie of the Year award. Soto is still only 20 years old. It was absolutely amazing last year at 19 and and maybe part of the season at 20 to have an on-base percentage flirting with or over 400. Astounding. Yeah, I mean, he was... He was, as a Nats fan, it was remarkable to watch. And keep in mind, he wasn't even supposed to come up last year. There was no reason to call him up because he was in high A when they called him up. The reason they had to call him up was because everybody in their outfield got injured and Victor Robles was injured. Otherwise, Robles would have been the call up mm-hmm. instead of Soto. So they had to go to their next best guy. And it turned out to work out pretty well for him because he almost won NL Rookie of the Year. But he has the patience not to swing at bad pitches and not to get out of what he does. So um, I expect him to have a very similar year. Now, the loss of Bryce Harper may affect that a little bit because he might feel more pressure, but mm-hmm. there's, there's pretty good bats around him in that lineup in Rendon and if Trey Turner stays healthy. And if Adam Eaton stays healthy, and Zimmerman, Zimmerman stays, stays healthy, healthy right. and so he he can have some help. But I expect those you know, those four guys all have pretty similar years to what they did last year. Hey, before and we're talking with Matthew Zells uh, with Fantasy Alarm, and we're looking at some prospects for fantasy baseball. Uh, let me give you five names, and then what I'd like you to do is maybe give me five more. 
um, significant rookies for this year, maybe not day one, but at some point in the season. Forrest Whitley, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Eloy Jimenez, Tristan McKenzie, Bo Bichette. Uh, all of them will start in the minor leagues this year, but all of them could play some pivotal roles in, in, in helping their major league clubs this year. Give me five to seven more young players that are, are kind of on the tip of your tongue uh, for our audience to study. Um, yeah, so that's a pretty good list of guys. Uh, Vlad Jr. is going to come up the fastest of that list. Sure. Um, I expect him to only be down for the 20-whatever days it'll take him to not accrue a full year of service this year so the Blue Jays get an extra year of control on him. Um, Forrest Whitley is an impressive guy. But if you want a, a pitcher in the Astros stable of pitchers who's still a rookie, a guy to keep your eye out for is Josh James. He was up last year. He pitched in the majors last year and was uh, part of their bullpen in their playoff run, but he did not accrue enough innings to count to no longer count as a uh, prospect. Now, let me just throw in, let me just throw in Matt. Have you been aware that he got hurt? Yeah. Okay, he, and he did get hurt, but it shouldn't. I don't. It does not sound like a terribly major thing. Right. I expect him back at some point in the next uh, month or two. Right. Um, it may hurt his stock in terms of starting rotation. Yep. But he could be like Josh Hader for the Astros. Okay. And everybody's in love with Josh Hader this year. He's right. been flying off draft boards way sooner than I expected a guy who won't get that many saves to go. But the strikeouts are there. Um, a couple of guys, a couple other pitchers to keep your eye out on um, is in the Padres' really stacked farm system. One guy is Logan Allen, who's a lefty who pitched to AAA last year and looks to be quite ready for the majors this year. And we all know that San Diego could use pitching help Right. Uh, in that rotation. And, um, oh, I just blanked on his name. There's another pitcher. He pitched the other night for the Padres and set the world on fire with what he was doing. Right. Um, I can't believe I forgot his name. You shouldn't, um, you shouldn't be having that trouble year, at your age. You shouldn't be having that trouble with memory. <laughs> Well, I have so many guys stacked up in my head. It, it, they all try to get out at one time. Do you remember your wife's name? Do you usually remember her uh, Chris name? Paddock. Okay, Chris Paddock. Yeah, he had a big game. Chris right. Paddock, who pitched, who started in a spring training game for the Padres a couple of nights ago. Last year, now granted this is at AA. He right. hasn't pitched at AAA yet. But last year he had 120-something strikeouts and only eight walks. And so that kind of control is just ridiculous. Uh, he will be up at some point this year, probably more like June. So what is that, three guys? That's three. Let me, let me ask you a different one different question because we're, run, we're running a tiny bit late, and I hope you'll come on with me again before uh, fantasy drafts all take place, maybe in two or three weeks, all right? But let me ask you, guys that are coming back, 
from Tommy John surgery that you know that they missed all of 18. Is there any kind of data that you've accomplished? And I'm talking about people like Michael Pineda, Drew Smiley, and it seems like they're scattered around the draft board. Michael Fulmer is not a TJ surgery, but he has shoulder surgery. Um, is there any way, uh, any strategy on if you should take those guys, if should if you should miss them like the plague, uh, or you need to look at their minor their preseason stats? Uh, give me some thoughts on that. Um, so let me put it this way: I'm much more likely to take a Tommy John guy than a shoulder guy. Okay. Because for some reason, like a while back, we could figure out shoulder problems but couldn't figure out elbow problems. Mm-hmm. And now it's switched. Now the elbow isn't a problem, but shoulders cause all the problems in the world. So I'm going to avoid guys with shoulder injuries like Michael Fulmer and uh, a couple other guys coming back from Don't thoracic t- outlet. Uh, that, like Julio Urias. Yeah, those are that's a tough surgery um, to come back. But guys from. like, um, you know, and Alex Reyes, I'm going to kind of avoid because yeah. he's two years in a row he's been injured and how, and now he doesn't really have a defined role. How about Carlos? How about Carl? How about Carlos Rodon, who I have for this year? Uh, I took him late last year in the ultra round, and he came back and pitched fairly well. He's a year and a half removed from that surgery. Yeah, Rodon should be fine because okay. um, a year and a half at that point, it's it's pretty well uh, behind him. He's already gotten innings under his belt. And typically speaking, guys that come back from Tommy John also add a couple of ticks to their fastball. Right. They You know, the, the ligament is stronger. It can snap a little better. They get a little bit more speed. Um, but it also depends on the organization that they're with. Perfect example is Brent Honeywell, who went down last spring with a torn UCL and already had the surgery. It's been a year. Mm -hmm. But the Rays are known to slow play pitchers. Even when they're healthy, they slow play pitchers. So Honeywell, even though he should be back pitching in about May, probably won't come up to the majors until at least August. Okay. So if you're going to take him, it's got to be really late in the draft and it's got to be knowing you're probably only getting a couple of months from him. So that's the key thing with Tommy John is you have to know that it's going to be a much smaller amount of help that you're getting from these guys because typically their innings loads are vastly reduced for the first uh, year and a half All right. after the surgery. Matt Zells, Matthew Zells of Fantasy Alarm. He's been our guest. Uh, Can I get you back on in two or three weeks before all the drafts? Sure thing. All right. I really appreciate it. Enjoy your day. You as well. All right. There you go, Matthew Zells. Very informative stuff there.